Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 13 of the Bruise Day podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by the regular crew, Andy, Rob, and Wes. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, Josh. What's going on? Today, we're enjoying a few different beer styles than, than what we normally drink. And so I thought it'd be interesting to discuss kind of a variety of different styles you may not have had in a while, what we like about each of them, uh, share a couple of our favorites in case you're looking for a recommendation. And if you're so inclined, uh, whether you guys feel like they're over or underrated could be interesting. Uh, we'll go through our normal progression. I think we actually have a homebrew update from Andy today. We have some news. We got an update to our big board, which I'll probably spend minimal time on. I, I don't think I did well. And, uh, and we'll finish it off with a, a real fun, quick lightning round and good, bad, and ugly. So with that, uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. cheers. Today for our Cheers Beer of the Week, as I kind of mentioned, we, we each jumped into different styles. Andy, do you want to tell us a, a little bit about what you're drinking first? Yeah. Well, I, I learned a hard lesson just now when we kicked that off. I opened a dark beer wearing a white t-shirt, and I opened the beer very close to my shirt. So now I got brown stains on a west white t-shirt, t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah but i'm drinking a pecan pie porter from backwoods brewing company with some alliteration there they're out of carson washington 5.9 percent abv 20 ibu has an untapped average of 3.87 and it has around 5700 check-ins so my first impression normally thinking about porters and stouts that they're always going to be a little bit sweeter this one does have some sweetness, but it's very much subdued. I think of like pecan pie, you definitely get some sweetness, but it, you get some savory as well with that style of pie. And you definitely get a hint of sweet, but a lot more savory out of this beer. Some of the flavor notes that you pick up are going to be caramel, chocolate, vanilla, and you get a, a very like hint of pecan. Like it's not overly powerful. Um, I'm a big fan of it so far. I'm not a big fan of porters that terms of that style. So I don't know if I'll give it a, you know, I might rate it below the average just because it's in on my flavor palette. Yeah. Not doesn't, you know, jive that well, but it's a good beer. Like I'm, I'm glad I cracked it open. Nice. Rob, what are you drinking? I'm drinking blackberry marbles. It's a milkshake IPA. And if you guys can see this, it is about as purple as it can possibly be. Wow. It's by Moore Brewing Company out of Huntley, Illinois, 6.5% ABV, brewed with blackberry and vanilla. I will say I was a little bit concerned heading into it because um, they're just a little bit of, you know, some wild flavors, uh, but they do complement each other pretty well. It's very yeah. sweet. There's no doubt. Um, the untapped average is 4.19 with a thousand check-ins. There's a reason this one has sat in my fridge and was one of the last beers that's sitting in there. And it's actually been in there for quite some time because this just isn't a beer that I would typically gravitate towards. I'm okay with it though. Like I said, I think the blackberry is is balanced pretty well by the vanilla. And I actually enjoy the just the complement between the two flavors. I, I'm probably not going as high as the average of 4.19. I might be closer to like a 3.9 or 4. But that's just because I'm looking for something a little bit more bitter. And this is... That's not that. This is definitely on the sweeter side. That's still a good rating for a sweeter beer, yeah. though. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's not terrible. Nice. I'm drinking a study break Imperial Stout from Bottle Logic Brewing Company uh, out of Anaheim, California. I went with a heavy hitter right off the bat here. It's a 10% ABV, 25 IBU. 
over 4,000 check-ins on this beer with a 4.27 average, uh, which is pretty good. But I don't know if you guys have had much bottle logic, but I'm not surprised by that because pretty much everything I've had from them has been very, very good. Always very highly rated on untapped. And I will say this is one brewery that I know is not overly highly rated. They, everything they do has just been very, very good from what I've had. This, the description of this is it's a snicky, sorry, not sticky. (laughs) It is a Snickers candy bar inspired sweet stout brewed with lactose, which threw me off a little bit Mm -hmm. and caramel malts, then recirculated on cocoa nibs and peanuts. This thing, I poured it, it is thick and I could smell the booze immediately. There's no mistaking that 10% ABV, but it, it's smooth. It's tasty. All those flavors sound like overwhelming, but it's just a hint of them. You got the booziness and it's just got a little bit of all that flavor. You can kind of taste the chocolate, a little bit of peanut in there. This would be a great, like sitting in a cabin in the middle of winter beer. It's nice and warm. Sounds like, like it. Yeah. I'm already like feeling warmed up from it. It's, it's a really good beer. Not generally my style, but I'm probably at least over a four with it. Okay. Uh, but I'll, I'll keep drinking a little bit to make that decision. Yeah, stouts can be tough. I'm having one as well. Uh, I'm having a salted caramel stout by Pagosa Springs, uh, or Pagosa Brewing. They're sort of nearby me. I had a chance to go uh, a few weeks back and, and I picked up a few different beers. The, the ones that I've had are, have been really good. This one's uh, 5% ABV, only 616 check-ins with a 3.99 average, so just under the four. Um, I think just based on the name of it, I kind of I kind of came in expecting something a bit more salty with caramel, and, and I'm getting a ton of chocolate. It's not bad. It's just not necessarily exactly what I was expecting. But to kind of the opposite of your point, Wes, the 5% ABV on this stout sort of smooths it out, and you don't get a whole lot of that booziness. And it, it's something I could easily just sort of sit back and, and sip. And uh, I, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm probably not as high as a four. Um, I might be more closer to like a three seven something like that josh did you pick that one up at the brewery you were there a couple weeks ago right i did yeah i picked it up at the brewery so it's it's uh it's fresh as well nice so as i mentioned uh today i'm gonna highlight some of the the more popular beer styles um maybe some of you haven't enjoyed in a while and and might want to get back into the swing of it um we'll cover a little bit about what we enjoy and then if you have them, an opinion, if, if you think they're over or underrated and something that, that maybe you should give another try if you hadn't had a ton of them. With that, I think everyone knows at this point that, uh, that we're all sort of IPA heads. So we'll, we'll sort of start there. And Andy, I'll kind of lead you off with, you know, why is it that you like IPAs? And are there a couple that you might recommend to somebody who, who hasn't had one in a while? Yeah, for me, what I enjoy about an IPA is honestly like the bitterness and the, the hop flavor almost you, you use the term IPA, but I know, and I know, I think we'll touch on it later, but for me, the hoppier, the beer, the better, like I almost want it to be like taste green or taste like very fresh. Yeah. Um, I just got to experience kind of really like the first like fresh hopped beers being in the Pacific Northwest, so close to where majority of the hops in the U.S. are grown, that I can finally get these kind of like very like fresh hop beers that are like really recent brewed yesterday from the harvest, and they are <laughs> so fresh and so. I guess I'll use the word dank because it just kind of like made that's that kind of smell. It definitely harkens to 
you know, marijuana and that kind of just like fresh green, like dank smell and that flavor that passes, you know, through an IPA, that bitterness, that's huge for me. I would say if you haven't had an IPA, this is probably going to sound like super mainstream craft beer, but I'm saying it because they're all fucking delicious, but Lagunitas IPA, Stone Brewing IPA and Racer 5 by Bear Republic Brewing Company. All three of those are great IPAs. I wouldn't say they're an introduction to IPAs. Right. That's they're, they're just good they IPAs. But yeah, yeah, they are good IPAs. Yeah. Andy, I would I would agree. I, I what I like about American IPAs specifically is they have that hoppiness that hoppiness and bitterness, like Andy said. That's what I love too. We got really similar tastes in beer. Hoppy, bitter, crisp. But what I like about the the American IPA is it, it's like it has that without overpowering. It's like it's it's lighter on the hoppiness, or it's lighter beer overall with hoppiness, which is which is I, what I like about just the standard American IPA. Yeah, I I would I feel like I wouldn't be doing us justice. I know everybody. I think this might be a highest rated of all of us, but just a, from a standard American IPA, I think Blind Pig from Russian River is got to be up there. It's, I think I give it a five and it's just one of the best beers I've ever had. I have the controversial opinion that I think I actually like it more than Pliny the Elder, which I know (laughs) might get me kicked off this podcast and anybody who listens to it might be mad at me, but that's my stance. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Yeah. If you can find a blind pig, you should, you should definitely buy it. It's also funny that the four beers that have been named in this category are all from California whereas you know there there are plenty of other solid ipas outside of the state of california and i'll just call out one centennial ipa by broken compass brewing in breckenridge Um, i give it a 4.25 i I think the average is is less than that but it's a solid uh ipa uh, american ipa and I, i will say all the beers that you guys have named are really good beers and and andy while you said they're not really like your introductory ipas there's still ones that if you were to direct anybody to try an IPA, those are going to be the ones you're going to call out a stone, a Lagunitas, um, a blind pig. If someone found that one in, and they had never had an IPA before, you'd tell them you need to drink that thing. Well, and Andy, your suggestions are good because all of Andy's suggestions are something you could go to a grocery store and find. You might yeah. be able to find half those in a gas station uh, or one of them at least. So they're, they're easy to find. Yeah. So if you are looking for a good IPA, you don't have to go to a bottle shop for what he's saying. You can you can find those anywhere. If you haven't had them, you should try them. Gas station IPA. Wes, you sold them well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it sounds like a good potential beer name for someone in yeah, this group to brew. So. Uh-huh. Andy, not Absolutely. to dwell on IPAs too much because I know we have other other types of beer to talk about. But one thing I will say is it's cool that you are now in the Pacific Northwest to be able to try those fresh hop IPAs. And I think it's been a thing up there for a while. But I will say it's huge in Arizona right now, too. And I've never really experienced this. And all the breweries are trying to put out fresh hop IPAs with actual Arizona hops, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. Nice. But it's, it's, it's a big thing this year. And honestly, I, maybe it's just because we're doing this podcast now and I'm paying more attention. But it's been, it's been interesting to see how many breweries are like talking about releasing fresh hop IPAs or already re- releasing fresh hop IPAs. So a trend that we didn't cover in our trend episode that we've we've uncovered since then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the second one I'll mention, a couple of us are enjoying one, are uh, stouts. 
it's a specific style that I think you, and, and you might hear this a couple times throughout the different styles that you, you kind of have to be in the mood for, um, unless you really enjoy them. For the most part, you know, a ton of them have a lot of chocolate and coffee flavors. Um, there are a few outliers, but for the most part, that's kind of where they stick. Rob, I, I think you and I have had a couple of these together, some of the, the more popular ones. What is it about stouts that you enjoy kind of when you're in the mood to have one? I'm definitely a big fan of the roasted malt flavors, um, which, you know, have the hints of coffee and chocolate with Irish stouts, especially Guinness, which I think I've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times and even checked one in, uh, in episode 10, the smooth, creamy texture of, of a Guinness is just fantastic. Uh, I really enjoy that one. Just a, a really popular, but also one of my favorite stouts. And I'm just going to give it a shout out here. KBS, the mm-hmm. Kentucky breakfast stout from Grand Rapids, Michigan has a staggering untapped average of 4.42 with 196,000 check-ins. So it's decent. It's it's really decent. <laughs> and a couple of you actually haven't had it yet. In fact, I'm not sure if, have any of you had it before? I have, and if if you've looked and I didn't check it in, that that would be an error on my part. That was the exact same thing I was thinking because I've definitely had it. So if it, I don't show up on Untapped on that, that's disappointing. Yeah, it's an awesome beer, and if you haven't had it before, you should seek it out and give it a try, especially as we head into the winter months. Yeah, Rob, I, to kind of build off that, and as we're talking about different beer types and potentially being introduced to beer types, I think one thing that is a kind of product because within the beer industry of some of the kind of social justice initiatives we've seen is an introduction of the stout style to a lot of different people with the black is beautiful collaborative beer recipe with how many breweries have uh, participated and brewed their own. I think I've had three or four brewers versions of black is beautiful. And I know we touched on it on an episode previously, so in terms of an introduction, I think 2020, there's probably a lot of people that will have tried a stout style because of the Black is Beautiful recipe that has gone worldwide. Yeah, I just, I just think it's funny because I, I, when I wrote this, I was thinking about a stout, not, not an imperial stout, a stout. Yep. I wrote down, always surprisingly, not as heavy or strong as I'd expect yeah. They're like smoother than you think. It's like, yeah. you think you're about to drink a milkshake and it's not, it's, it's, it's a pretty refreshing beer. It's never as heavy as I expect. Now I'm drinking a 10% Imperial stout and this one's punching me in the mouth and it's not refreshing. It's very tasty, <laughs> but it's not refreshing. Also, I just want to make people warned. If you're going to go for a KBS, like Rob said, that one is going to punch you in the back of the throat too. That thing is boozy. I think it's like 12% something like that it's high i'm disappointed i haven't checked it in because i've had it and it is it's a boozy one it's it is very good it stands up to its rating but it is very boozy it, it comes at you it is a 12 percent yeah uh, 70 <laughs> ibu and most likely you got to that you finished it and you went to sleep yeah you, you fell right to sleep <laughs> and rob that you mentioned the the smooth creamy texture that you get from something like a guinness the one thing that, you know, I have a lot of stouts that aren't like this, but um, one of the things I'll enjoy is when you see it on tap as a nitro is usually a good addition to a stout. So if, if you're out there looking for something to try um, and you haven't had a, a stout on nitro, I would give that a go as well. Yeah, it just adds a little creaminess. Yeah. 
So we're going to switch it sort of entirely to the, the opposite of the spectrum. And, and one of the beers that I enjoy a ton, which is a, a traditional pale ale. Do you guys have a, a, a favorite? Wes, I'll kind of start with you. I think we have similar, uh, similar passions for pale ale. So what is it about that that, that you enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I, I love pale ales. I, what I like about a pale ale is instead of going for your like lager, hoppy lager, or uh, even down to a- anything else lighter like that, you, you get a pale ale where it's still a lower ABV, but you still get a lot of flavor. It still gives you some hoppiness. There's still hoppiness available in that beer. It, it depends on which one you get. You can get some really light pale ales too, but I feel like I'm only naming off the famous highly rated ones but uh zombie dust has got to be my favorite um i gave it a 4.25 i think you guys are all around the same thing but there that's from three floyds in indiana and it's just a really really good beer that is starting to spread pretty far so that might be something everybody can start finding relatively easily uh it used to only be in like chicago and indiana but now it seems to be spreading out a little farther yeah, I mean, to, to that one specifically, that's the number one rated pale ale on Beer Advocate. So if, oh, wow. if you can get it in your area and, and you want to explore, like that's that's probably one of the top ones to, to aim for. So you're saying I should try it because I've yes. never had it. You Have should, you really not had it? We no. should probably get you one. Yeah, you need to give it a try. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave it a four. I, I noted that as one of my top pale ales as well. The other one that, that I like a ton is called Suedo Sue. It's from Toppling Goliath. You mostly hear from that brewery in terms of uh, their IPAs, but they, they make a, a really good pale ale as well. I'll throw one in the ring too. Uh, having lived in Austin, Texas for a bit, I'm a big fan of Zilker Brewing Company and they do a, a Parks and Rec pale ale. And that's just really smooth and crisp and getting just enough hoppy flavor, but without kind of going too overboard and getting into the IPA territory, but it's, that's great to drink. And it also actually benefits the Austin parks department and they donate proceeds and awesome can art. They yeah. do have some good can art. <laughs> All right. So the next one, I, I don't think, I think people know that it's a style. I don't know if they drink a ton of it, um, but an Amber beer, you, you probably know fat tire as being kind of the, the go-to in the traditional Wes or, or Rob, do you guys want to add in kind of what it is that you like about them and, uh, and maybe a recommendation or two that, that isn't fat tire? Yeah, I mean, I can jump in. I, I feel like just since we just talked about pale ale and I put my opinion on it, I basically just consider this a multi pale ale. Certainly not my favorite type of beer in the world because it's like almost like with malt, which is kind of like a weird mixture to me. I was also surprised to see on Untapped that and maybe this is just my check-ins, but I didn't, I don't have like, a, there's not, I don't have an Amber checked in. I have a red ale, American Amber, a lager Amber and a lager American Amber. It's confusing um, category. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird category. I have a few of each. It's, it's never my total favorite, but I have had the American Amber ale from rogue ales, which is pretty widely available. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave that one a 4.0. It's, it's a really good one. So if, if you can, if you want to try this out, that's a good one to start with. The thing I like about Ambers though, is that they're typically lower in ABV, like a 4.5 to 6%, right? So anytime you see that on a menu, you, you know that you're not going to be kicked in the face with a higher ABV. You're going to be able to, you know, 
sip it and and it's almost like a sessionable beer right that you can just enjoy yeah do you think we're scaring anybody because so far we've talked about getting punched in the mouth punched a in lot. the back of the throat and kicked in the face by these beers <laughs> so if you don't know these just wait till our yes. next category Wes. dang yeah <laughs> it's, it's up next we can help you out rob rob i like that point though because to me Amber is something that is lower ABV, but at the same time, it's incredibly flavorful um, compared to some of the other beers where as the ABV goes down, sometimes you lose some of that flavor. Depending on what Amber you're, you're trying, a lot of those carry a whole lot of flavor, even, even though they aren't so high in alcohol. Wes, you brought up a great point where we're tired of kicking people in the mouth. So the, the, next, uh, the, the next style we're going to bring up is a blonde ale, which I'll kind of start out in, and I think we were talking just beforehand, this was one of those styles where I, I feel like I have, I've had a lot of them and I've actually only had maybe eight or nine total that I've checked in. So curious as, as to where this group stands in terms of what it is that you enjoy about Blondale. Um, and maybe towards the end here, when we start talking about overrated or underrated, this, this one could pop up as a potential style that you want to enjoy more of. Yeah, I'll jump in here, Josh. I think Blondales for me are just very easy to drink. You want them cold. It's great on a hot day. It's not overly really anything. It, it's more flavorful and f- fuller body than a, than a lager, but not by a lot. And you do get some interesting kind of combinations and recipes that get introduced by breweries, but pretty straightforward. It's just like a, a nice light beer that has a little bit more body, a little bit more kind of oomph to it than you would get with a lager. I mean, my highest rated on untap is Cooperstown ale. Josh, you and I had it five years ago, basically. So wow. I can't speak to it much, but we did have <laughs> it at the same time. And I, I'm a fan of blondes. I don't drink too many of them because I lean heavily towards IPAs. But if, if you're just looking for a nice, like crisp beer, blonde ales are the way to go. Yeah, I feel like the style of blonde is tough for me. I am. I don't mean to just be like negative on the last few styles here, but my problem with the blonde is you're 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 at that low ABV, and I think I'm kind of giving away that I obviously like higher ABV beers. You like the kick? <laughs> yeah, I like to be kicked in the mouth. Yes, I've only had 14 check-ins of this. If if it gives you any like context of this, my highest rate is a four. It's the Saint Archer's blonde out of San Diego, and then my next one is a three six. It's it's basically like at this point, if you're low and it's it's light flavored, this is like a lager with like a bite to it. And just speaking personally, I'd prefer a lager without the bite when I'm at this low ABV, lower flavor type of beer. Yeah, it'd probably be fair to say that that if you don't like bitterness in your beer and you want something that's a bit more evolved than than a lager or a pilsner, this might be a good territory for you to explore. Yeah. So I'll just mention, I had Good Call by Petacolis Brewery out of Dallas, Texas. I actually gave it a 3.5, but they did a cask ale of this and did a variation of it, which is something that they typically do where they blend it with some fruit and do some additional fermentation. And usually pineapple can be a little bit too much for a beer. This was one of my favorite cask ales that Petacolis did. I ended up giving it a 4.25. It was awesome. The average was a little bit lower than that. But I will say, if, if anyone ever has a chance to check out Petacolis in the design district of Dallas, Texas, make sure you ask them what, what they have on cask because they usually have some really good options. 
Yeah, Rob, I, I think three of my eight blondes are like different variations of good call that they cast <laughs> differently. So yeah. they, they, they were great. That's cool. Um, we'll get into something now that, that uh, is maybe a bit more controversial for some of us um, and, and has a ton more flavor, um, but sour beers. And so I know some of us, Rob, uh, maybe don't like them as much. Um, I sort of, it's another beer that I mentioned earlier, I kind of have to be in the mood for. Um, but I'm big on sour and tart flavors in general. So from time to time, I enjoy them. Um, not a specific one, but Artisan Ales out of Oklahoma makes, makes some really good ones. And, and I think I like the fact that they're, they are so sour and tart, but that there's a ton of different flavors that, that breweries can play with while they're brewing them. Is there, you know, between, between the four of us, do you guys have, a, a, you know, other reasons that you enjoy them? I mean, I think you kind of said it, and the reason that I really like them is that they can be so different. You you don't know what the sourness level is going to be. You don't know, like, how tart it's going to be, how it's going to have sweetness, how much actual fruit flavor it's going to be. I really like them too, Josh. I agree with you. You just have to be in the right mood for it. If if I'm about to – if I'm sitting at a bar and there's a sour and a bunch of IPAs, I'll probably avoid the sour just because it's going to kind of throw off my palate for the rest of them. Surprisingly, as, as weird as it sounds, because it doesn't sound refreshing, to, a sour drink doesn't sound refreshing. It actually is a pretty good hot weather beer. Yeah. My top rated one is, uh, and I'll just throw out a local brewery here, the Shop Beer Company out of Tempe, Arizona. They had one that was called Neonic Orange Julius Dreams, and it was delicious. It was almost like a, a creamy, sour beer. It was very, very tasty. I gave it a 4.2, but yeah, I, I mean... I, I like, I really like this, the, the sour variant, just because it can have so many, so much variance to it. And, and I think that's why I'm, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not much of a fan of sour beers. And I think that's the reason is that to me, there's just so much like risk, I'll, I'll call it right. The <laughs> potential that I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. That uh, it's like, it's not worth me ordering or buying I would prefer to almost buy something else that I know, you know, I might actually have a, a better chance of enjoying, but I will say one sour beer that after going through my untapped check-ins, one yeah. sour beer that I found that I, I actually rated somewhat high is Brett Smashy uh, by Collective Brewing Project out of Fort Worth, Texas. It's a 6.6% ABV, 50 IBU, which is probably why I liked it because it is higher on the on the bitterness scale. I gave it a four in 2017. Andy, you had this one. You gave it a three, which really threw... I'm, I'm not sure what's going <laughs> now, on with this one. I feel like I, I need to try it that's again. Why, well, that's why I think sours are interesting is everybody has a different perspective on them. The reason you don't like it is kind of why I do where if I go and order a Pilsner, I... I more or less know what I'm going to get. Yeah. If I order a sour at a bar, I have no idea what it is. So if I'm in the mood for that, it, it's kind of interesting. And, and, you know, just my palate enjoys that, that sour flavor. Cool. We will move on and we're, we're going to go straight back to, to something a little bit more palatable for, for most, but a wheat beer. Outside of a, of a couple of more popular ones, it's something that, that I haven't had a ton of. I don't exactly know why. I think it's uh, it's more because some of them are too sweet and heavy, but I, I do know that the ones that weren't and that focus more on the wheat that I've enjoyed. Andy, do you kind of want to want to highlight what you like about wheat beer and, and maybe one or two of your favorites? Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's wheat beer is how I really got introduced to craft beer. 
it started out with, you know, Blue Moon and pretty much any Hefeweizen I can get my hands on because it wasn't overly bitter, wasn't overly hoppy. It was still beer. It was very smooth. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I didn't, it was a, a very like easy entry because of how easy they are to drink. They're good on a hot day. Nowadays, I would probably stay away from them. And it's probably evidenced by my untapped check-ins. I don't really have too many <laughs> wheat beers, but a couple of good ones I had, you know, not too long ago uh, from Independence Brewing out of Austin, Texas, uh, a Hefeweizen called Freak Power. And then from Lagunitas Brewing Company out of Petaluma, California, a little something, something ale that's pretty like readily available anywhere around the country. So that's one that's, you know, not going to be a blue moon, but it's still going to give, get you into that like half wheat beer territory. Yeah. I'm a fan of that one. That's a good one. All right. We've got two styles left. The next one is, uh, is one that I've kind of already mentioned, but we'll, we'll jump into it is a lager and within lager, I'm going to include Pilsner and, and some of the, the styles that fall underneath. To me, it's, it's a light crisp beer um, that is really perfect for certain occasions. You, you order them by the pitcher and a whole bunch of people can, can take them out. I, I think they're great, uh, especially as a summer beer, a golf beer. Are, are there Pilsners that you guys like? What is it other than maybe just the, the fact that they are light and crisp that you like about them? No, I, I would say for me, like for Pilsners, they actually pack a lot of flavor in for such a light beer. I mean, they're, they're clear. They're definitely, you know, more flavorful than a lager. That's why I kind of always lean more towards Pilsner. I don't know, Josh, I know you've had it and you rated it pretty highly, but a Pilsner that I had from Arrogant Consortia, which is basically stone brewing, uh, is the Enter Night Pilsner, which is the collaboration basically with Metallica. And that beer to me was fantastic. I gave it a five and I'm a fan of Pilsners. Anyway, Pilsners and Kolsch, like that light, that very light beard that still packs flavor. I'm a big fan of that great west to your point about sours on a, on a hot day i think pilsners and kolsch's are great on a hot day when they're really cold yeah i gave uh six different loggers five stars wow yeah do you want to do you, do you want to name those up there's <laughs> one in looking? there there's one in there that the listeners might be interested in well Ooh. yinglings among them which i'm sure yeah, you're, okay that's definitely How that true. It's nationwide are, are you referring to budweiser i am yeah because that definitely got five stars for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> average of 2.57 so you're pretty close to the average yeah. <laughs> it, it, or double it, it, it got a bump it definitely <laughs> got a bump i will say though rob I, I actually i saw your notes i saw that you rated six loggers five stars and i looked at that and then i was trying to search through your loggers and this is similar to the amber thing well kind of in a different direction there's like 20 kind of lager variants on untapped mm-hmm. and i went through all of them and to your defense here you have yingling's an american one budweiser's questionable <laughs> but the other ones are all like european lagers that it seems like you might have had like overseas too which out there is like that's where they put a lot of effort in too so that does yeah. make sense that you'd be rating those a lot higher so then I should have a little credibility in my Budweiser. No, yeah. no. That was sabermetrics <laughs> on Rob's lager drinking. On this podcast, I've defended Budweiser, but I still would not put it anywhere close to a five. 
All right. And the last one I kind of saved, it's very similar to the first one, but I, I think it holds a special place, at least for us, which is the double IPA. It's kind of balanced because I, I like the fact that it can be closer to a mid ABV, something that has a lot of fruit and hops, um, but it can also go up to being a real high ABV with a, with a lot of dankness, similar to what Andy mentioned about being really fresh. I think they're great. They're one of my favorite styles. Beyond that, sort of what is it that, that we all and, and you guys love about double IPAs? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we just talked up the American IPA, the standard IPA, and everything about what I love about the IPA, I love more about the double IPA because what does it do? It kicks, punches, and backhands you in the face, throat, and mouth. <laughs> it just has that extra kick to it. It's hoppy. Uh, it's it's just – I. I think Andy and I like really resonate on this is that we just like like the hoppier, the higher kick that that has, the higher bitterness it has. We like it more. Once again, I'm going to go with the easy answer, the, the my easy favorite. I think we all agree on this one, but Pliny, throw the curveball. I know I said that I like Blind Pig more, but I still gave Pliny a five, so I will never put anything down about Pliny's, and that, that would be my top one ever. Uh, wait, I, I actually put a note here and I want to remember to say this. Uh, one of note recently though, is laser salad from Austin beer works from my good friend, Andy brought it out to me on his way. Mm-hmm. Were you on your way out to Washington at that point? When did I get laser salad? I don't know. It was around at some point he dropped. Oh, think, maybe that's what yeah, it was. I either uh, flew it out or drove it out and, uh, gave you a six pack or however many they sold. That was a very, <laughs> very good one. And it came in little, uh, what was it? Is it eight ounce cans? I think they're little eight ounce cans, yeah. Yeah, eight ounce cans. I wish they were larger, but it was a cool can design. Yeah, I know. I could have (laughs) used more of them, but it was really cool. But that's a great one. That's a more recent one that I've had that that I really, really enjoyed. I found it interesting when I was doing uh, some research on this. I actually, I've given five different Stone Enjoy By double IPAs a 4.5 rating. Wow. Interesting. That makes me want to go back and look. Yeah, when I was scrolling through the list earlier, Rob, I was just seeing stones, stones, st- like all the enjoy buys, <laughs> like all the way back to like 2015. And we've been drinking them for a while and they've always been good. I do want to give a shout out to two uh, recent check-ins I've had. One is Evil Natured Robots by Drecker Brewing Company Yeah, at a Fargo, North Dakota. I give it a 4.5. Josh, you give this a 4.2. It's a solid beer. I know we've talked about Drecker on, on this uh, podcast. They're just doing some awesome stuff up there. Yeah, somebody mentioned it earlier about sort of beers that are, are just popular because they're hard to find. I would say Drecker is one of the ones that um, is hard to find, but it's for a good reason and that I think everything I've had from them has been delicious. And I'll throw two more of my personal favorites in there from a brewery that's close to both my heart and probably Josh's heart, but El Segundo Brewing Company out of El Segundo, California. Two of my favorite beers they do are, are both double IPAs. Uh, the first one is called Two Five Left, which was one of their earlier double IPAs. And then Hammerland was a later double IPA, IPA they did, but they are both phenomenal. I gave them 4.5s. No need for a bump to get them to 4.5 because they were phenomenal beers. And they were very dangerous if you drank them both in, in succession in yeah. to the brewery. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a great idea. So uh, that kind of rounds out at least the ones I had called out. Um, if you guys have any others, we, we can certainly talk about them. I'm more curious kind of going across the board and, and maybe it's something in here, maybe it's not. 
if there are any styles that you guys would classify as being overrated, so something maybe, you know, lots of people are drinking, lots of places are carrying, but maybe aren't quite as good as the hype would, uh, would have us believe. Or on the other side, uh, is anything in here underrated and you're not seeing a whole lot of it and you'd like to see more? I'd say I'd like to see more ambers. It's one style that other than fat tire, it's one I haven't had too much of. I know that obviously it's not a style that, you know, doesn't exist. It's definitely out there. I would like them. I would like a little kind of resurgence to happen right now. It's kind of hard because so much, at least to me, it seems like so much just gets buried by IPAs, hazies, you know, milkshakes, whatever, all the different IPA varieties that have been coming out. But I, I would say Amber is a style that I kind of want to have a resurgence. I would like to be buried even further in IPAs. So I'm going to just say double IPAs. I think we need more of them. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to just take it one step further and I want to be buried in triple IPAs. I love me some triple IPA. (laughs) Keep on coming. No, but seriously, one thing that I will say, I can't slam it because I've never had it, but this new phase of smoothie beers has me concerned. We have questioned milkshake IPAs. Rob had one earlier. Um, we've questioned that, but it's still an IPA with a little bit of fruit added, right? Yeah. This is literally smoothie beers, and I'm concerned that it's such – you just said Drecker. I've had a couple Drecker IPAs that have been phenomenal. They're very good. I will not say anything about bad about Drecker. I have a Drecker T-shirt. I will rep them, but – I've not had their smoothie beers and it's just a, I don't know about you, what you guys think, but it's like a slight concern that this is a, a fad that seems to be coming popular quickly. Worried that it's going to make me fuller faster so I can drink less beer slower. And we all know that you need to drink more beer faster. Do you want a smoothie if you're at? No, that's true. I don't want a smoothie. That was wisdom at its finest right there. (laughs) Unless it introduces more, more beer in the morning hours. And then maybe, maybe I could get behind it. Yeah, get your pre-noon check-ins up with those uh, those breakfast exactly. smoothie beers. Yeah, yeah breakfast beers. There you go. <laughs> I would. Never mind. I'm, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we sold it. We sold it. We're, we're back. You sold me. <laughs> I would say. Uh, I would say one other style. I would say is actually underrated, but really underrated by us specifically. But sours. We've definitely seen sours have yeah. a big surge over the last few years with a lot more coming on the market. You know, we've had, we've each had some good ones. Overall, it's not really our style, our preference in terms of what we enjoy to drink, but that's not to say that they're not good ones out there. So I would say that we probably as a group undervalue sours, but that's just based on our palates. I would agree with that. All right. Well, that's enough beer talk. As we move on, uh, we, we have a, both a homebrew update and some beer news. First, and they're actually both going to sort of come from Andy. Andy, do you want to talk to us about the Department of Justice approval of the Craft Brew Alliance purchase? Yeah, Andy, that's enough beer talk. Let's move on to beer news. Yeah, (laughs) enough drinking beer. Let's talk the business of beer. There you go. Yeah, so last week, I think it came out last Friday. I only really came across it today. But the Justice Department just approved AB InBev's purchase of craft brew alliance aka cba um if you've ever had kona brewing widmer brothers red hook omission any beers from those brands those brands are owned by craft brew alliance and up until i think last november ab inbev owned 
31% of the brewery or the, the alliance and then made a move to purchase. But it was, it was held up by DOJ because of kind of monopolies and, and kind of market share and all that. So this past June, so not that long ago, CBA made the announcement that they were going to sell off Kona Brewing, which was a stipulation to get the DOJ to approve the sale. So now that Kona Brewing has been sold off from CBA, Anheuser-Busch has now gotten approval from the Justice Department to finalize their purchase of Craft Brew Alliance. And what I found really interesting about it was that the reason they had to sell Kona Brewing was specifically because if AB InBev made the purchase, they AB InBev would have a 41% market share on the Hawaiian islands. And so that specifically to the state of Hawaii was the reason that CBA had to sell off Kona to get the approval was because of the market share percentage in Hawaii, which I never thought would actually come into a factor in any of that, a single state, but it makes sense. Andy, that's why I found it interesting is that it, it couldn't necessarily just be about the fact that it's a state, but that it's an island because I don't see them making those rules for any of the landlocked states that are just connected to each other via borders. Yeah, so that's true. Just the, the fact when, when you shared this article, I, I haven't done it yet, but I did have interest in kind of looking more into how the islands are treated differently in terms of not just beer, but how different goods and services are, are provided. Yeah, that's true. I mean, unless it's brewed there, it's getting, it's getting transported there and ain't coming by car. That's yeah. for sure. Sometimes, you know, I really hate to see this sometimes, but I don't know what you guys think, but I'm looking through their brands and there's, there's not that many, but this is, this doesn't like, it, this one doesn't bother me that much. If you look at their next Kona Brewing, I actually love Kona Brewing, even though yeah. they are pretty mainstream now. Um, but Widmer Brothers, Red Hook and Omission, I would say are their next three most popular. Yeah. It's kind of like, I feel like all three of those have been mainstream. I would say Red Hook. I love, I can't remember the exact name of their double IPA, but I love that beer, but they've done nothing for a long time. Nothing new, I guess. Sorry. Yeah. For, yep. for, for a long time. And it's just kind of, I look through this list and I'm kind of like, eh, it kind of makes sense bother. to be owned by AB and Beth at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the second update, Andy, I saw some photos today. It looked like you had a successful uh, second homebrew yesterday and I figured maybe you could give us a couple updates. Yeah. So I brewed a single hop Chinook IPA. Um, got the kit from Northern Brewer. And I ended up picking up a little bit more equipment, was able to get a, a brew specific pot and I got me a siphon and I finally got to use my gravity reader. So, oh man, yeah, barge brewing is it, becoming a it thing. Felt, it felt kind of official doing it. I was able to, <laughs> I didn't have any like boil over after adding the hops first time. So I was very happy about that because the first brew, I almost like destroyed my stovetop with uh, crusted on basically sugar water. Yep. So I was very happy with that. I've, I've tried to not look at it today. It's in the closet in the room where I am. Yeah. So, let, it, let it be. Yeah. Closet. So I got, but since I brewed it yesterday, now I got to wait, you know, 10 to 14 days for that to take place. And then I go to bottle condition. I'm actually going to bottle this one in uh, the last one I did was just in the gallon carboy, like back into it. I think yeah. I'm actually going to buy some bottles and separate it out. I may get some bombers just so it's 
not as many bottles. I don't really want to do 12 ounce bottles just yet. That just seems like a lot. It takes yeah. a while. But I know that if I get a bigger bottle, if I get bombers, I'm going to need a bigger bucket of sanitizing solutions. So might be in the market for a five gallon bucket. But so far, there you go. I'm, I'm happy with the results. There was uh, no fires, no explosions, no spillover. So I'm happy with it. There you go. And in about a month. Do you have an IBU or an ABV that you're shooting for? No clue. The There was no <laughs> reference on the packaging or in the recipe. If you actually look it up on their website, it says the alcohol content is medium, which gives me nothing. <laughs> Whoa. It gives me no, barrier, like no barometer of what it should be. But I did take the original gravity the and then in a couple yeah. weeks I'll have the final gravity and then I'll be able to at least give my, myself some sense of where I think it could end up. Awesome. All right. With that, we're going to take a quick break uh, for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hey there. Thanks for checking out the Brews Day podcast. For more content or to leave a comment, check out our Instagram and Twitter accounts at the Brews Day. And for your daily dose of beer photos and reviews, check us out on Instagram at the Brews Day Review. Cheers. And now back to the show. Yo, this one poured out of the can like motor oil. This is that is a mess. Dark. I got some chomp <laughs> in my can. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have our unique beer of the weeks. Uh, I'll actually go first. I popped open a Breakside IPA. It's out of Breakside Brewery. Uh, it's a six point two percent ABV, seventy IBU, forty one thousand check ins, so a ton and a three point nine four average, which is really high. Um, one of my purchasing decisions, Wes, you gave it a four and a quarter. So it was a decent amount over what that, that average was. Um, and so I was kind of uh, looking forward to opening it. Initial sip, it has a really nice bitterness. Um, there's a tiny bit of fruit to it, but, but it, it's more of an American IPA with, without it. I'm liking it. I'm, I'm at least at a four. And, and maybe when I finish my uh, bomber, I, I might get up a bit higher towards your number, Wes. Nice. Yeah, I'm drinking a Let Me Out. Uh, it's a double New England IPA from local craft beer out of Tehachapi, California, which I definitely had to look up how to pronounce, just so you guys know. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I did an okay job. Yeah, you did um, a good job. It was. It's a 8.5% ABV, only 10 IBU, which was wow, uh, surprising for double uh, New England. 418 check-ins, 4.09 average on Untapped. Uh, this is another brewery. I haven't even sipped it yet. This is another brewery that. Uh, local craft beer has everything I've had from them has been really good. They've got yeah. good labels, good beer. So I was, I was excited to find a new one from them. I'll go next. Uh, <laughs> I've got virtual Tiki party, which is a double new England IPA, but with definitely with a twist and I wasn't ready for it. So this definitely threw me. <laughs> um, this has uh, it's a, so as I mentioned, double new England IPA with, Michigan Chinook, Sabro, coconut, pineapple, and sugar. Demer, de de sugar. <laughs> oh, uh, demerara. Demerara. It, you know what that actually is? I actually had to look it up the other day, for an unrelated reason. It's just brown sugar. <laughs> it's just a very like hoity-toity name for brown sugar. Okay, I thought this was going to be a double. IPA going into this. And then I saw it was a double new England. I was like, Oh, okay. Going to get a little sweetness out of it probably. And then I took a sip and was like, damn, this is very sweet. 
Um, the uh, the coconut and pineapple definitely come through. This is by Listerman Brewing Company out of Cincinnati, Ohio. It's a collaboration with New, Im- New Image Brewing out of Arvada, Colorado. It's a 10% ABV, untapped average of 3.9 with 874 check-ins. I wasn't ready for this. I'm glad my last beer was a milkshake IPA. So it was definitely something sweet. It's not like I'm coming off a stout or anything like that. So because of that reason, I'm actually really enjoying this because it's 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 kind of right in line with what my my cheers beer of the week was. These are definitely paired well together. If I had had a peanut butter porter, <laughs> you'd be in trouble. Or, or a imperial stout, I think I definitely would be in trouble. But I'm actually kind of enjoying this. Which one is sweeter, in your opinion? Oh, definitely the milkshake IPA. Okay, so this is a, just a bit of a step down. Yeah, step down for sure. This makes me feel like I should be sitting on an island now, um, with the pineapple. Well, I'll go last. I'm, I think I'm drinking a a black hole in a in a beer glass. This is a a bourbon <laughs> barrel aged Four Seasons Imperial Salted Caramel Oatmeal Stout from Mother Earth Brewing Company out of Vista, California. I like yes, I'm taking I'm taking your kicking the mouth up a notch because this is 11.2 percent ABV, 45 Ooh. IBU. It only has a as of earlier today, it had three check-ins on untapped. The, so technically, there's no wow. overall average that is shown, yeah. but all of the yeah, nothing to compare to. Yeah. You got to set the average. All of the check-ins, oh, the three, were very highly rated. So I think they're all around four, 4.25. I mean, the description starts with the phrase jet black, and that is exactly how it is in the glass. Like It is just a black hole in a glass, but really sweet compared to the pecan porter. You get, I definitely taste the salted caramel and a little bit of that, like burnt sugar. I'm a huge fan of this, Wes. I want to be in a cabin with the rain and I just want a fire crackling (laughs) in the background. I just want to be like cozy and snuggled up on the couch. Like this thing will put you to sleep and I am okay going to sleep after drinking this really good really happy i picked this up did they just release it yeah they they, they must yeah have. it's I like their so. fall it's <laughs> yeah, their fall like it. seasonal that they release so they do like a spring and a summer and this is their fall release so yeah it just came out wes of everybody's beer uh the 10 ibu that you mentioned and, and now that you've had a couple sips is it as sort of smooth as i would imagine or or does it feel a little bit hoppier than than maybe what that indicates no, it does. It's got a very, it's really low IBU, which is not what you expect from that double New England. Um, it's definitely got like a dryness to it, which kind of makes up for that IBU or that low IBU. So it's still got that like some sort of like after taste to it. I, I think I'd be a low, a little bit below the 409, but not far, probably like a 39. It's good. Okay. It's nice. back to the color I like, that nice golden <laughs> yep. color, but uh I'm probably like a three nine just because I like, like I said, the whole episode. I really like the the higher IBU, and I, I'm surprised. I was surprised. I didn't even when I bought this. I didn't even know it was that low. That's a very low IB, IBU for a double. Your beer and Andy's beer next to each other are, are quite a stark contrast as say, to yeah. what beer can do. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Andy's is black. 
All right, so we're gonna get into the big board. I'm gonna do it really no, quick. You, you it wasn't very. Time, there wasn't take a lot of. Your yeah, there wasn't time. a lot. It, it was very minimal. It wasn't very exciting. COVID football's weird. Uh, stuff stuff's happening. If we go in in order, uh, I will uh, I will take my dead last. I didn't expect it. Thought I would at least pick up one somehow, and I think I picked all the favorites. They all lost. And so just to recap, it was Miami at Louisville. Right. Boston College at Duke, Louisiana Tech at Southern Mississippi. Correct. So two teams that hadn't played yet, uh, which which I thought would have been a uh, a negative, ended up helping them out somehow. And then while Miami was was ranked higher, they they weren't favored, so uh, they they ended up pulling off, I guess you would call it an upset. Second to last place, third place, if we want to call it that, uh, was Wes, who had the same picks, but had a, a 131 tiebreaker in terms of total points scored to my 130. Uh, that'll be a theme that we'll get to a little bit later with Andy. Rob, you picked up second place. Uh, you, you picked the Boston College game, uh, which, which that one win got you, uh, got you a, a quite bit number of points. And Andy, you, uh, you mentioned that you were closing. And, uh, and it seems yes, that you I did with your, with your first place victory of choosing all three teams correctly. Uh, I believe I, no, I believe uh, I missed the Louisville game. You missed I got Louisville. Two, ah. I got two picks. Yeah. But I didn't so need the, the third the, pick. Correct. The two picks won it. You're lucky that you didn't need both or that you got both picks. Your tiebreaker of 90 was uh, excessively low. Yeah, I, I do remember last week that the entire time as all of us were picking, Andy, because the previous week, I do believe you were pretty close to last. You were just making yep. fun of us for picking really high total score numbers the whole time. You were saying we're crazy. We're too much trust in offense. I do believe your tiebreaker, you're almost half of the total scores. It was 170 or 180. I will concede that. It was 174. I will concede, yeah, that my tiebreaker was a tad low. However, hindsight, my mind just knew that I had more. You're taking the W. You didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. 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 I didn't have to worry about the tiebreaker. You should have said one. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. (laughs) No faith in your picks, Andy. Yeah, anything anything under 54 would have been perfect. Well, somehow I turned me being dead last into picking on Andy about a tiebreaker that didn't matter. Uh, so moving into the latest standings, uh, Rob, with your second place, uh, you're, you're still in first place at 26 points. Uh, Wes, you are in second with 22. I'm in third with 17, but as Andy mentioned last time, he is closing at 15 points. Yeah, so, so this time he's actually closing. He actually moved <laughs> yeah, forward. Yeah. Yeah. But that 15 closing. puts us, you know, in range where, where we could all make moves. So it, things, yeah. are, things are getting hey, interesting. Yeah, I could jump to third after this week. That is Just going to throw that out there. You so could, I could still be closing. We're, we're going to move on. I'm going back to NFL this week. Uh, I, I love that, uh, that the NFL is back. I've chosen three games, and we are actually going to include at least the latest spread that I have online. The first is Green Bay versus New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is at home, and they uh, are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Second is Kansas City at Baltimore. Before Kansas City lost this weekend, uh, to me, it was one of the more intriguing matchups of the week. Baltimore is still only a three-point favorite, though, so maybe take that in mind. 
And the third is Houston at Pittsburgh at three and a half point favorite toward Pittsburgh. And then for tiebreaker, we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Upcoming on Thursday, fr- actually Friday of this week, we will all be playing golf together uh, in, a, in a little bit of a get together in Denver. Oh, I'm excited for that. Very excited. And as part of our golf game, we are going to make the tiebreaker a combination of the total number of fairways in regulation and greens in regulation to determine sort of what the, uh, what the ranking is for tiebreaker should that occur. I have a feeling those are going to be some low numbers, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Whoever gets one of those things is yeah. in a good shape. Just one. <laughs> Just one. Oh, all you need one. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to just throw this out there, that there are three holes that we are going to be playing that are from the blue tees, from the blue, are over 500 yards. Beautiful. So don't know how that's going to play into the, the GIR. but Gotta uh, get the driver out, Andy. Yeah, I might have to. That rental driver is going to come in handy. <laughs> All right. So uh, in, in terms of uh, order, Andy, as the winner and uh, a unique position for you, you get to pick first. Yeah. So I'm going to go through this kind of quickly. New Orleans just lost as we're recording this on Monday night. New Orleans just lost. So, And also I'm a minority stakeholder in the green Bay Packers. So oh I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to choose the pack on that one. I'm actually going to choose Kansas city. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, even if they are playing against yeah. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and then Houston, I'm picking them over Pittsburgh. Uh, they they got to figure it out. They got Deshaun Watson. He's on my fantasy team. So I have high hopes for him. They got to figure it out this week. All away teams. Oh yeah. Picking like the away it. teams. Nice. Take the take the points, Andy. Obviously, it worked last week. The favorites hey, lost. I'm so. not saying anything bad about no. it. I'm just yeah. it's we're, we're playing the spread, so really there's no favorite at this point. In theory. In yep. theory. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. All right. Rob, you uh you took second. Give us uh give us the quick picks. Yeah, so I also took Green Bay. They've just been lighting it up. They've, they're putting a lot of points on the board, so I'll be taking them. Kansas City, I think they will be – it's going to be a great game against Baltimore. I believe that's uh, next Monday night too. And then, Andy, I'm going to differ from you. I know you took Houston. I don't know why. That, that's, uh, that's probably one of the reasons you're, you're uh, leading – or sorry, trailing the pack here. <laughs> you mean closing? Closing. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. sure. Frame yeah. it right. Pittsburgh's going to beat Houston. Although Deshaun Watson has got to, like you said, I'm sure he's going to find his groove at some point, but that Pittsburgh defense is just fearless. All right, Wes, how about you? I am going to stay the same with you guys. I think Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones are just too good right now. That offense is killer. Green Bay is going to win. Um, I'm going to go Baltimore, so I'm going to differ from the two of you. And then I'm going with Rob. I agree. Pittsburgh is going to beat Houston. I got Ben Roethlisberger on my fantasy team. Uh, I always got to vote for him. And I, I just think that's where it's going to go. So, yeah. Nice. I'm going New Orleans. I think even with the, the loss tonight, I think it motivates them to bounce back. Uh, I'm going to go Baltimore. Uh, the Kansas City kind of sticking close to – San Diego with a backup quarterback uh, has me has me a little bit worried about about picking them, and then I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Yeah, I just think they're going to win. Don't really yes. have a reason. 
guys, great job. This is the first time in a while we don't have same picks. On this yeah, week. this is we good. Which is kind different. of a bummer because the tiebreaker isn't going to matter. I, we can still go oh, two wins okay. or one win. Oh, you know? yeah. Well, no, I think I think win. the tiebreaker will come in hand, like come into yeah. play for whoever's going to be between first and second. Yeah. yeah. Josh, also your uh, your theory here on why Kansas City is going to lose to Baltimore is a little flawed because Andy Reid was able to watch last game, and that's why I didn't think about was, that. It was closer. My guess is they're going to go back to the like fogged. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was going to purposely allow it to fog up. He's yeah. going to fog it up so he can't see the game. Yeah. And so he could write the plays on, on his. Oh, so it's like a, a secret clipboard attached it, to your face. That's right. I don't know if that's going to work out, but we'll, we'll see. We're going to jump out a big board. I'll be very interested to see who wins. I think our tiebreaker this week will be equally as interesting uh, next week when we get back to you all. But with the lightning round, I wanted to do something sort of quick and fun. It's a little bit different. Uh, it's still sort of a chug sip pour, but it's a drinking vessel edition. Uh, I'll give you kind of a quick uh, definition. For chug, we're going to say that that's, uh, you have to drink a beer out of this for the entire month. So uh, all the beer that you enjoy for the next month will have to be out of your chug vessel. For your sip vessel, uh, you'll have to do it for a week. So less time, but still sort of annoying. Um, and then lastly, to, to give you an out, if there's one that you truly can't stand, your pour is that you can ditch it um, and drink the beer however you want to enjoy it for the foreseeable future. Okay. I think that's a good addition, Josh. I'm excited to see what your picks are. All right. So we will start with Rob. Your three drinking vessels. Number one is a shoe. I'll let you pick any shoe. It could be new. I don't mind. <laughs> Number two is an actual. shoe might be worse. Maybe. <laughs> Number two is a plate. And this is like a normal plate where you're going to kind of have to pour beer, somehow find a way to angle it off in your mouth. It's going to be really weird. And your third is a shot glass. So every sip you'd have to take out of the shot glass. But the, the caveat is that it's in a shot ski. So you'll literally have to lift up a ski. Every dude, you're time doing you curls the whole time, dude. Yeah, curls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be... I'm going to pour out the plate because that's just not efficient at all. Um, I can't deal with a small lip there. I'm definitely going to be sipping out of the shot ski because that's all you can do out of a shot ski. And I will be chugging out of a shoe for a month. Yeah, just remember, it's not you're chugging, you're drinking out of it for a month. Yeah, you don't have to chug it. It's just, okay. Yeah, I'm going to chug out of a shoe. I I would pay money to hang out with you while you did that at a bar how much i (laughs) (laughs) i will agree with the plate issue because andy opened his beer a little too close to him earlier in the episode and got beer on his white shirt if you did plate plate. you would have to replace every shirt every couple sips so you're also not real like so if i sip out of the shoe then i'm drinking every beer out of it for a week yes I don't, then it's going to sit for a little bit and then I'm going to let the, all the, the, the beer juices as opposed what? to a month. I would, yeah, what, what are you talking the, about? I would even want to read about the, the shoe juices than the beer juices. <laughs> I'm concerned that the rules are still, 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 still going to chug out of the thing. I'm still <laughs> just got the rules. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. just understand the, uh, yeah. understood the rules. I'm still going to chug out of the shoe. Okay. I applaud yeah, you staying with that selection, Rob. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
Andy, your three options. Number one is a water gun. So think okay. like old school. Number two is a spray bottle, specifically the mist setting. Oh, the mist. Okay. Yep. And number three is a turkey baster. Water gun, spray bottle, or <laughs> turkey baster. Any water gun? I feel like you're going to give me some weird water gun that looks like the shape of a glass, but well, a, a the one, no, the one gun. question I will say about the water gun, am I shooting it into my own mouth or can I have like, is it someone else shooting me in the mouth? If you can find someone to help you, you're more than welcome to have them shoot it at you. I, well, I'm, I'm ditching the spray bottle. The spray bottle is getting, <laughs> getting poured out because it, it's like, a, it's not efficient in terms of delivery of beer. Okay. It would get all over my face, my shirt. I already got beer in my shirt, Josh. I don't need more beer on my shirt. So the spray bottle is gone. You think a water gun is going to get less beer on your shirt? I can at least hold a water gun okay. like much closer to my mouth. And okay. like, and I also can double like, you know, double pistol. Oh, I'm probably gonna, I'm going to sip out of the Turkey baser. I know it's probably going to be the, the larger of the vessel, but I would, I think it would be less weird to see someone drink out of a squirt gun for a month than a Turkey baser for a month. So Turkey baser for the week, squirt gun for the month. Interesting. Okay. All right. It, it would be hard to go in public and drink beer out of a, a Turkey baser. Yeah, like me whipping it out of my pocket, <laughs> squeezing into the beer glass, lifting it, and then squirting it into my mouth. You I think that would out. be... You're also going to have to stop, take your pint glass, and put it into a squirt gun, and you can then do that squirt under the table. into your mouth. <laughs> it's more fun. Weird. It's more playful. You might get kicked out for both. You might be drinking at home True. for both. <laughs> but I, I, could, I could drink in the park better. With yes. a squirt gun it's than a I can park, with a turkey baster. Beer. Still look weird. Or from True. distance. Yes. I can get, distance. you know, I could drink from distance. Think about your white shirt. It's easier to just pour it into your shoe. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wes, your three. Number one is a Flambongo, which uh, Ooh, I, I believe okay. you've had a beer out of. So that's, that's doable. That's I've owned one. Yeah. 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 Number two is a Ziploc bag. I'll let you choose the size, whether it's a quarter or a Okay. gallon or whatever you want i can handle that and number three number three is like a target plastic storage bin and i'm thinking like two foot by two foot by two foot but you know anywhere in that size would be acceptable i mean all receptacles that you could drink a beer out of yeah none of yours are too i was gonna say weird but they're all still weird i mean your first two are very party oriented <laughs> you could slap the bag you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pour i'm gonna get rid of the plastic storage bin because that's just a pain in the ass to carry around if i want to go to yeah. a bar bring yeah. that with me it's just too much can't put that in my pocket i think i'd sip the ziploc bag it's not that bad it's just awkward like gallon size bag pour it in there is it a gallon or sandwich he can pick he said i could pick uh, so i'm picking gallon bag and i'm picking gallon bag and you can, it, i can handle it i can figure it out and then i'm going chug flabongo just because Flabongo's awesome. Yeah. I've had one. I've chugged a bunch of beers out of it, so it fits the chug choice. And also, I could, I feel like I could pull off a sip out of a – like sipping a beer out of a Flabongo. So I, I, I think I'd go that way. A classy, tiny Flabongo. Yeah. Like tiny exactly. sipping. A yeah. tiny tilt. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be actually kind of cool. We should make tiny Flabongos. They make those like little champagne ones. Oh. 
All right. And I heard a lot of giggling as you guys were preparing mine. So I'm, I'm very excited to hear what my three options are. Yeah, Josh, I got you. You unfortunately stole one of our options with oh, no. one of Andy's options. So we had Audible in the middle of this. Which one was it out of curiosity? It was spray the bottle. spray bottle. And that was actually okay. our last edition. So we were disappointed, but I think I got a good one for you. <laughs> um, all right. Your options are similar to Andy's uh, turkey baster, but we we screwed you on size and we went eyedropper. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> the second one is sprinkler, but I want you to imagine when you think of a sprinkler, you know, the big one that isn't a line and goes like across like tick, 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 and, and then it like shoots back grass. over. Okay. No, no, no. Like the, like all the lines are shooting out of it and it like really slowly does this. Oh, like the front yard. Oh, yep. I can't yeah, like yeah, line yeah. up. It's moving. So you'd be, you'd be like like chasing it down. It. It's like slowly moving, but you're chugging out of it while it moves. And then the, uh, oh, the no. last one okay. would be a spoon. So like, let's picture you a order spoon. a beer. Like you can, you can just scoop it out with your spoon. Like you, you order your beer at the bar, you can scoop it with your spoon and sip it. Now, is yeah, this just a standard spoon, tablespoon? Soup spoon? What, what are we going with? It's a standard cutlery spoon. Yeah. We're not giving just, them ladles or anything like standard. that. We'll even give you like the dinner size spoon, but it's just okay. a dinner spoon. Not the tiny one, but like the soup spoon. Yeah. No, yep. no, no, no. Dinner spoon. Oh, okay. Soup spoon's meant to have liquid in it. Well, I this know. That's why I was spoon. trying. I was trying to yeah, wiggle I my I was trying to sneak that in there. <laughs> All right. I, I love the sprinkler. I think the problem to, to your points earlier is that it's not very efficient and I don't feel like I would get a whole lot of beer out of it. So but it'd I'm be gonna, so fun. I, it would be fun, but I, I don't feel like I would get to drink very much. So I'm, I'm probably out on the sprinkler. <laughs> oh, but are you're going to choose. What are the, yeah, Wait, the, are the eyes I, yeah, Okay. Okay. <laughs> just chill. I think the eyedropper is, is just the, the tiniest amount. It's also slow. You got to do something with it. So I, I would probably sip. So use the eyedropper for a week. And then the spoon, I feel like if I put my beer in a bowl, then I could <laughs> scoop it out better with a spoon and like oh, actually like drink voice. a beer somewhat quickly. Josh, you clearly haven't put a sprinkler out recently because if you don't turn it on all the way, then you could you could actually just have it like no no West spray straight away he's gotta go full spray he's he, he go full spray. Uh, I'm, basing, and, I'm picturing yeah. him chasing it across the yard like <laughs> just back and forth like i want to try it but i couldn't do it for a week or a month but have you ever like even though it's going back and forth you could still just go like a fountain just put your face right over that sprinkler <laughs> rob does that sound a week it sounds awful to me for a week oh you test out that eyedropper and then let us i would know. need goggles or something <laughs> all right i found that uh thoroughly entertaining uh but we will yeah, that move was a on. good one that was yeah. a good one josh we will move on to our, our good bad or ugly before we wrap things up um who who's got something to share I mean, I'll lead it off, I, and I think I'm just going to lead it off because Speak I get to say all it of first. Mm-hmm. We are all meeting in Denver in, from the time of this recording in, what, three days? We're going to be there in three days. We're going to be drinking beer together, and we are going to be recording a podcast together. Hopefully, if we can figure out how to use mics <laughs> together because we're too used to this COVID situation. So I'm excited to see you guys, and I'm excited to be in Denver. I have a yeah. countdown on my phone. I am leaving in two days and seven hours. 
shit. Oh, it was three days. oh damn, I don't have a countdown going. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. my you Obviously, you don't want to see us that badly. No. <laughs> well, Rob, you got to pick out your beer shoe before you, before oh, you start packing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your beer shoe. <laughs> now, Wes, I, would, I think you spoke for all of us. That's that's my good for the week. I, I can't wait to see you guys. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I I had a I wouldn't call it a bad. It was uh it was it was somewhere in between uh, a bad and a good. Um, but for a variety of reasons, my recent work project had me up uh, between 5 p.m. and 5 a.m. this morning. Uh, so I'm running on a bit of a lack of sleep. But that sort of, I think, is making me more excited and, and looking forward to our, our Denver adventure this weekend even more. Yeah, my bad is that there's still two days and seven hours <laughs> until Josh leaves <laughs> and that we're not together sooner. Uh, I'm excited. I did have to wake up early today. Josh, I wasn't I wasn't up all night like you were, but I did have. Did you wake up when I went to bed? I did have a five thirty a.m. meeting Pacific <laughs> time go. today, which was I was barely awake for and drinking a diet coke at five thirty in the morning, which I don't recommend. But I'm my good is that I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited for golf. I'm excited to try to record a podcast together and do the best we can at exploring Denver in a time like this. Well, with that, uh, we will end this the way that we always do and say uh, peace. 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 peace.